0: Welcome to Channel Waves, the podcast where channel leaders share success strategies, best practices, and emerging trends. Brought to you by Structured Web. Here's your host, Stephen Kellum. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, while Mark is working in his (laughs) office to make it holidays, once again, welcome to Channel Waves, Structured Web's view and everything channel. And Mark and I, we are timestamping when we're having this, which means I have to release this podcast during the holidays.
1: It's a great forcing function. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy
0: holidays, everyone. Now, technically the holidays go can go keep going a little bit. So some of you may be watching this in the first week in January. Hopefully if you're watching this in the first week of January, not only are you going to get some really cool ideas of what works in 2023, which is where Mark and I are heading, but maybe this will bring back some really cool memories and you can look back upon the last couple of weeks and Hopefully, there are things that you and the people around you enjoy because, in the end, that really is what matters, isn't it?
1: For sure. I mean, let's be all be thankful. We've we've survived three years of a pandemic. Um, we've got some economic headwinds, uh, but we're all healthy, uh, and we should be super uh, thankful for the work that we have. Uh, the people we have in our lives and the opportunity that we have. So yeah, for sure. I think that's the most important thing when you think about the season is remember that um, we're all pretty darn lucky. Um, And of course, everyone's going through adversity, but let's be thankful for what we have and thankful for others.
0: And I think others is a big part, not only in our lives, in the balance and everything in the holidays. I think Mark and you and I've known each other for a while. I think one of the biggest things is being connected with people and learning what works and what doesn't work. And one of the things we're going to do today is talk about some of that, right? You know, how do you, as Mark and I were talking about the topic, he said, why don't we just talk about embracing the R word? Yes. And, you know, headwinds and R word don't necessarily go go hand in hand, but I think Mark's got some pretty good ideas. I've got some pretty good ideas from, from what people have uh, been talking about over the last few weeks. So this is going to be an optimistic uh, podcast yes. for everybody, let me right? Let me
1: start with... I think you, you nailed something that I think is really important, which is attitude of gratitude. Be thankful for the people around you. Be thankful and express that gratitude. So thank you, Stephen, for holding me accountable, for being um, engaged, active, and optimistic. I love it when I get an email from you that says, let's talk about a thing. Yeah. I really appreciate it. And I know everyone else does too. And then thank you for doing this podcast. This is not a light lift. It's your time. There's a lot of scheduling that goes into it. I know I've been difficult to schedule. So I'm just really appreciative of this this forum and for you um, creating this forum for discussion.
0: Thanks. It's great. And I think one of the things that I'm going to weave into this is building those connections with people. Every event that I go to, this is a plug for Rod Bathie. I was talking to him today and I was talking to the guys over at Catalyst about what they do. And there's so many things that you can learn and you can sit through the the sessions and, and we're going to talk about a lot of those things. But the biggest thing I get out of it is figuring out how to get connected with people like you and everyone else out there. And even if it's in a digital world, Mark, I mean, we just talked about we're coming out of the pandemic and people still maybe not connecting like they did in the past. You know, I think even digitally, people have got to get connected. I think podcasts are a pretty good way to do that.
1: Agree and kudos to both of those organizations, both BAPTI and Catalyst. They do a wonderful job of creating community. They're kind of a little bit opposite ends of the spectrum, yeah. but I just absolutely appreciate that there's a forum. And I, um, I recently at the most recent BAPTI event, um, I invited someone from my team to come and we were really hitting our head against the wall in terms of a couple really complicated projects. And we all work on complicated stuff in the channel. And he remarked to me, wow, everybody has the same problem we do. And it was nice that he knew like oh yeah everybody's dealing with that and i got a couple of tips you know it it was an opportunity to just see like oh yeah everyone's dealing with this level of change and the velocity of change and i think just the sharing does help with that because it is easy to get stuck in your own mind stuck in your own company's firewalls and forget that it is a community that helps drive the ecosystem
0: And I think we're fairly unique in this community. I've been in other communities where people didn't share, especially from a competitive environment. I've been very impressed with that. Um, And it's been that way in BAPI for a while. And in the catalyst side of it, which is interesting, it's a different demographic. It's an interesting perspective. I think, by the way, we could have podcasts on that. They're gonna merge together. I don't see them being competitive at all. I think that is so, can we use the word communal? I think it's it,
1: very I, I, I'm going to use a maybe a more millennial word. It's just vibes. It I vibes. I had so much fun at their most recent virtual event. Um, they were goofy, they were silly, they were fun, and um, I just loved it. And um, I think it just humanizing all of our business uh, has been wonderful. And I think the the um, channel focus folks do a wonderful job. I think the catalyst folks do a wonderful job. And I think that's one of the main reasons why I stay in this type of business, because I do really appreciate, again, the ecosystem connecting across the, all of these boundaries and trying to solve comparable problems for our shared customers at the end of the day.
0: No, I agree. I, I went to the live event July in Miami at Catalyst. Yeah. And who goes to Miami in July? You get a good deal on hotel rooms. Yeah. Mark, the vibe was like through the roof. I mean, we yeah. were literally dancing and doing business at the same time. Yeah. And for me, you know, once again, we we're all sort of coming out of the COVID thing. People were trying to build connections. And if you can put that humanity into it, it was a it was a lot of fun. It, it yeah. really was. And I think that creates a great learning environment. If people relax and they feel like they're coming together, it's a great way to do it. Because you and I have talked about it. people just want to know what works. We, you know, if we could boil down which we're going to talk about today, mm-hmm. you know, what works now. Some of it may be a little trial and error we're going to talk about that yeah. but that's what people are looking for
1: yeah and i and i think the other thing that you always remember is that you remember the stories you don't remember the slides yep. you don't remember the the what the speaker said but you remember how you felt and i think there is something about just trying to amp up the energy um, and I think that also helps us remember like, oh, yeah, that was a great learning that I got from that because I remember an anecdote or I remember a story. That's really what people remember more than the presentation itself or a specific slide, even though I may have worked on the slide for six hours. It's really still about um, the- You the, did. And
0: I attended, okay, your, you know. I attended your presentation. <laughs> so I thought, it, I thought it was pretty, pretty good. Uh, I, I think people also look at, remember who they can get connected with. And I think that's going back to the humanity of all this in, in what we do. As you said, they may not remember that, but maybe they remember, "Hey, Martin Monday, wow, he was actually pretty funny." So you're you're blessed, and you're smart and funny at the same time. Not everybody can in a dry yeah. way, and I love my children.
1: Food. My children would not agree with that, but okay, I will accept that compliment. Thank you very much.
0: Um, by the way, the humor is a sign of intelligence. At least that's what, <laughs> my, that's, what, my, that's, what my, that's what my mom told me. So uh, look, I think that's a big part of it as well too. Because if you can't remember everything, which you're, you're never going to in those events, but if you can remember who said it and what they were going through. And I think this is a great opportunity to be mentors to people. I, I would say, I know we're going off on a tangent, that's okay. You know, if you've been doing this for a while, I would encourage people to open up their, their hearts a little bit and be more of a mentor. Yes. And I know, you know, in this, every, everybody needs to do more with less time. Everyone's busy but I think you will get more back from giving than you could ever imagine. So I encourage people to open their schedule a little bit. Look, you agreed to do a podcast. you got year end planning to Mm -hmm. do, right? I think it's fantastic. I think if people do more of that, I think it's going to help us all.
1: I think you're spot on. I I find that to be true in any element of giving Um, more often than not, you do get more out of it. I find that in the charity work that I do. Uh, I find that in the mentoring work that I do and, you know, in each of those situations when I'm engaging, I'm actually learning more about myself um, than anything else. So it is a a wonderful way to to stay engaged. But I'm curious, you were talking about the R word and it's going through my mind. What could that possibly mean? Is it rattlesnake? Is it uh, rhubarb? What what do you mean when you say the R word?
0: You know, I'm an eternal optimist, Mark. So this (laughs) kills me, right? to talk about a recession and one of the reasons it kills me well i don't know if it doesn't kill me or not okay i got here's my here's the reason why i can be in a podcast with mark monday who's got really great answers is the one thing i did do when i look back historically and i was pretty proud of i shepherded a managed service provider through our last recession Mm -hmm. and for those who are just seeing what the challenges are today i could kindly take them back to 2008 when as a managed service provider, I lost 50% of my seats from my customers in, in a month, right? I mean, it was yep. just crazy. And we made it through that recession market. We never laid off a single person. That's awesome. Which was, that was awesome, was really cool. And we came out of it pretty strong. But it was that that was hard. But we we, we just embraced it. We embraced the recession and said, hey, we as a as a as a partner, we, we we put our goals together and we figured out what we were going to do.
1: Yeah, I, <clears throat> I'm i a big believer in, you know, fortune does favor the brave and chaos breeds opportunity. And while none of us want to see an economic downturn, and I have saw some good news today in terms of the slowing, slowing of inflation, but um, none of us want to see a, an economic downturn. But um, if you think about it, you know, I'll use maybe a sailing metaphor. Um, strong winds can actually help you propel your boat. And I think as long as we turn it upside down and say, hey, the only constant is change. Chaos breeds opportunity. Fortune favors the brave. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to control the things that I control. I'm going to take care of the customers that I have relationships with. And I'm going to stay solid and steady in the storm. I think that's all that we can do. And I think it's important to recognize that a lot of really interesting, cool companies that we think as blue chip stalwarts, started in economic downturns. And it's imp- incredible to me. I, I looked up a couple articles in the last couple of weeks talking about the different types of companies or different companies that have started during economic downturns. And one was um, one that was on Business Insider. It was kind of a simplistic one, but I really liked it in that General Motors started during an economic downturn. HP started during an economic downturn. Microsoft started during the oil embargo of the seventies which was a really tough economic time. Uber, Airbnb, Hyatt Hotels, Electronic Arts, Slack, Warby Parker, Venmo, all of these companies started during an economic downturn. And so just remember that even though there are headwinds, that also gives us the opportunity to think about what's possible. And I just, I, I loved the fact that these big blue chip names and some of these innovative companies were on the list that said, "Well." During that 2008 downturn, that's where Uber and Airbnb came from, where Slack initially started. It's pretty impressive, actually, if you think about it in the grand scheme of things. Um, And I think we forget sometimes that um, these economic downturns also breed innovation and entrepreneurship.
0: Now, I I totally agree. I think it's interesting that once again, I lean on my perspective, we were trying to figure out how to get better and and how to, to, one, stay in business and then grow with what we had. And I think everything you talked about um, was about um, some sort of dynamic change or a way to improve how, how we how we work together.
1: Well, I think there's like three kind of practical tips just for everyone. And, and they may be semi-counterintuitive when you're weathering an economic storm. And I'll frame it in that kind of lifeboat in a storm. Your customer needs you to be steady and calm and there for them. And Your potential new customers need that as well. Your potential new customers need that as well. The first thing I would say is, and it's semi-counterintuitive, but during an economic downturn, double down on marketing, triple down on marketing. This is a place where everyone else is gonna be cutting back on their marketing budget. Everyone else is gonna be scaling back on their, their digital reach. It's your opportunity to be a lighthouse in that storm and really focus on the value message. The second thing that I would say is, and, and I alluded to that a moment, a moment ago, is r- really be thankful for your customers, your installed base. Do not forget them. Be that solid uh, lifeboat in the storm. And don't be afraid to help them through the economic downturn. A semi-counterintuitive, much like doubling down on marketing, don't be afraid to discount to your install base. During an economic downturn, they're struggling as well. Now, you may have a a give-get associated with that. Maybe you get them into a longer contract. Maybe you bring them into a different set of SKUs. And and maybe there's a trade-off there. Hey, we're going to give you a discount because we know times are tough, but we're also asking for you to stay committed to us as a customer, as a provider. And here's what that looks like. Your best customer right now is your existing customer. And if you can help them weather the storm, that will pay off in spades over time. And then the third thing that's semi-counterintuitive is um, don't be afraid to acquire new businesses during an economic downturn. Um, I don't want us to be um, uh, take advantage of the situation, but sometimes smaller companies, startups, even mid-sized companies, when an economic downturn comes, um, the flaws in their business may occur or gaps. And sometimes it's just around cash and investment. So don't be afraid to go and invest in something um, while the economic downturn is going on. And so I think a lot of people will say hoard cash and I understand that there's value in that, but also don't be afraid to invest in the things that are gonna pay off because one thing that we've learned and you and I've been around on this planet long enough is economic downturns eventually do end and they end at a much faster pace than you expect them to. We sort of seep into an economic downturn and then we sort of bolt out of an economic downturn. So if you're already investing, when that increase happens, you're going to be ahead of the curve.
0: Well, let's unpack all three of those. I think yeah. it's kind of interesting. And by the way, everyone, Mark and I, in the beginning of this said, we're going to keep this to 20 minutes because everybody in the TikTok world, and by the way, it's okay. We're going to do TikTok videos and, and God, Mark's going okay. to do a little bit of M&M for us as, as, we, go, as, all right. as we go through this. Uh, but, but this may end up going a couple of minutes longer. The, the marketing piece. So. So why is that? My assumption is that it's a huge opportunity to differentiate yourself. And once again, having been a partner who actually even understood digital marketing 10 years ago, we could make ourselves look like anything we needed to be. I think marketing from my perspective is the ultimate way for a partner to, um, to, to, to build themselves up, right? Now I, we can talk about, you gotta actually have all the follow three Follow through to, to do all that, but you know I, I think it's a great opportunity to differentiate
1: mm-hmm. yourself. There's a statistic that the Jay McBain was using a, f- a couple of years back. I bet you it's higher than that. Um, something between sixty five and seventy percent of all customer buying decisions happen online, digitally, before you see them in your pipeline. Let me say that again. Sixty to seventy percent of all your customer opportunities, the buying decision is made digitally before you see them in the pipeline. They've gone to your website. They've gone to a partner's website, they've gone to the socials, they've looked something up on YouTube. They have an opinion about your product or service before you ever meet them. Now, if that's the case, and we know this, right? We do this ourselves. If that's the case, then make sure that you're meeting the customer where they are, which is in that digital forum. The other thing is, it is a fairly um, inexpensive thing to do, especially these days. Again ginning up a YouTube channel with a couple of demos, that's a pretty inexpensive lift. Now, creating demand to that site, making sure it's the right level of quality, that you've got the right level of follow-up, there's some science in that from a a pure marketing perspective. But we have the ability with these tools and these channels like TikTok, like LinkedIn, um, like Twitter, dare I say, um, like YouTube, where you can really create impactful moments where customers can accelerate their thinking about that buying decision so that when they do show up in your pipeline, they really have a positive sentiment or more importantly, that they actually do show up in your pipeline.
0: Agreed. And depending on what you're selling, when we come out of this, the marketing needs to be ahead anyways. If you're waiting until we come out of it, you're going to be six months behind in that pipeline and somebody else is already going to be there with that right message, right?
1: Yeah. And likely... Your competitors are doing the thing that 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 sometimes people coach folks to do in an economic downturn, which is they're cutting back on marketing, they're cutting back on demand gen, they're cutting back on awareness, and there's a void there. There's a void there that you can go and fill, and so that it's not just about um, you know taking market share, but well, it's about taking it market share. It's about taking. It's about taking. It's exactly about taking. Share. It's about taking market share, but it's also about being very. Um, intentional about your competitive aspirations and proving that you have a position um, that is better than your competitors.
0: Yeah, I think it's great. And I think with what I believe with what's out there, with um, the video plans that you can put together, all the capabilities you can do from a digital marketing perspective to go by the way, when I'm saying digital marketing, we're going beyond email and social, right? I mean, we're, sure. we're, 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 getting, we're getting past
1: that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was just using like the, the social stuff as an example. Like that's super oh, I think easy. it's a, I think
0: it's a huge part of it, right? I,
1: I think we, you know, I, good marketing is the whole, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk content mon- management kind of approach of you build some assets and then you just keep swizzling them. So maybe you have a value prop and a messaging statement and you deliver it in traditional email and then you traditional deliver it in, in socials and then you deliver it in a campaign and then you deliver it another way you're not recreating content you're just pivoting it in, into different channels and modalities to meet the customer where
0: they are okay you're you're causing me to have a flashback i was reading gary vanderchuk in oh, 2008, funny. In 2009, when this whole thing right, oh, I mean that's that's who I was turning to. Yes, when we were listening to that. I thought it was same, amazing. same.
1: I mean, again, think about that. Like in those days, I don't maybe, maybe many of us don't know who, who Gary is, but in those days, he was the one that was like, "Man, double down on your marketing. Yeah, get your act together." Um, and I think that same playbook holds true.
0: Yeah, he's pretty amazing. Okay, your second point: um, take care of your existing customers. Maybe even discount them. Here's the world that I lived in. We were $10 million right around there. So small MSP uh, working through distribution. They helped us and we helped our customers. We simplified our offering. We had a very complex managed services where it was like all in, like you had to do everything, right? And we said, wait, we talked to all of our customers. What do they really need? How could we help them? And then we got help on the other end as well. So we passed that along. And when we came out of that, the The customers that we worked with, who were you know the unemployment rate in San Francisco, Sonoma, and Napa was twenty percent at that point, yeah. right? People don't even couldn't even realize what that would be like today for architects and engineers and in mid market, right? It was just crazy. And so we did exactly what you were talking about. And in the end, oh my gosh, you know it was so strong when we came out of that thing. It really paid off
1: well, I like the way you positioned it actually even better than I did. Um... You started with, listen to your customer's pain. Hey, it's, it's a good reason to call. Hey, economy's tough. How are, how are you guys doing? How are you doing? Where, where do you need help in your business? And then, hey, I know in the past, maybe we've been complex to work with. Can we simplify something? You know, a lot of times when times are tough, people are more receptive to changes. And you could say, well, you know what? You're in a pretty complicated SKU setup. And maybe that's not the right thing for you. I wonder... If we got you into a more standard configuration as an example, that might that might help you as well. Now, there's some change management on your side, but that makes actually maybe be more manageable. Wow, you're having a really good business discussion with your customer. You're not selling right now. You're just saying, how can we help you? And we want to be part of that, and we want to have this relationship with you over time. That's a wonderful way to approach it.
0: That was the beginning of storytelling? And we didn't know it was storytelling. Nobody, right. no manufacturer was coming to the partners at that point. And go, you know, you really need to learn how to tell a story. Yeah. You know, we, at that point we were like, we weren't selling to the IT. We were selling a business outcome, and the storytelling was just on its own. And uh, when I look back on that, for me, that was the, the beginning of storytelling.
1: Yeah, I, I I love it. I I really like the way you positioned it because you know we're always looking for good reasons to call, and um, a good reason to call is just like, hey it's tough out there. You guys good. What can we do to help?
0: And then I got a lot, the last one, mergers and acquisitions. So it's so funny. So we, we did really well when we came out of that and then we sold our business. Yeah. Ta-da. <laughs> we're, yeah. We're, 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 we're doing pretty well for, for everybody. Um, so I, that whole last piece I think is, you know, be opportunistic as well.
1: Indeed. I, and again, I, I think that, you know, it's all a matter of where you're at and what you want to accomplish, but um. It's interesting uh, during economic downturns. One thing that, you, that I might suggest is have a conversation with your bank as well. You know, banks are, are sitting on cash as well during an economic downturn, but they actually want to loan you money. They want to invest in the growth of your business and they're looking for reasons to invest. They're having the same challenges that people are hoarding cash and that's not necessarily good for their business either. And so you could maybe have a conversation with your bank or with your investors of, hey, maybe we want to go invest right now because nobody else is, and that's going to breed opportunity for us.
0: I think that sort of flows into, I think, the second section you wanted to go down and just some practical advice, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think I mean one of the things I, I was really, really lucky I, I got to meet one of my uh, one of my heroes uh, recently, Jesse Hempel, and she runs a, a podcast called Hello Monday, and it's a LinkedIn podcast that I quite like, and um, they invited me on, um, and I, I'm super honored because I was on a couple of weeks ago, and then this past week, uh, Guillermo Del Toro was one of their guests, and so I'm I, not that I'm at that same altitude, but I really loved it, and the thrust of that um, podcast was about hey I've been laid off, what do I do? And one of the things that I said in that interview was, in tech, it happens to everyone eventually. And we know this because we've been around forever. And we've seen these downturns going back to the dot-com bubble, up to 2008. We've been through this, but not everyone has. And the thing about economic downturns and layoffs and tough times is it all understandable. We all academically appreciate it. It's really you know, we get it, it, totally makes sense. And then it happens to you. And I use that phrase that that's attributed to Mike Tyson. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And sometimes an economic downturn and sometimes a layoff really feels like you just got punched in the mouth. Um, but that doesn't mean um, that you have to, to, to cave. This is the time to lean in. And this is really a, the time to try new things, to fail fast, To learn and innovate. Um, It's a time to embrace outsourcing. um, If that's something that you've not done in the past, it's a great way to deliver the same value, but maybe at a lower cost. Embrace automation. You know, in the past, maybe you're like, yeah, that process is kind of wonky and takes longer than it should, but gosh, maybe now I can take a few man hours out of that equation. Um, And then I think just experimenting on the improvements that you can do. During a, during tough times, I think that's a very practical um, uh, area where you can you can really change your business without doing these sort of big draconian projects. But let's going to try this, and if it works, great. And I'm going to try this, and if this works great, and I'm going to try this if it's going to and it's going to work great. I think that level of um, uh, improvement is very helpful.
0: No, I agree. So, what what do you think about aggressive versus risky? Kind of going on to that last piece. I had a conversation with someone the other day, and they were trying to identify. You know, fortune favors the brave, no question yeah. about it. And
1: sure. there's
0: like, and there are smart things you can do. I think you said, you know, automate, simplify, and measure everything. I think those are smart things to do. And then there's maybe what is what is what is risky, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that I I talked to so many people today. Who are on that borderline? Maybe what was risky in the past. Now is just aggressive. Maybe that's not as risky any, anymore, right? So I'm curious where where you straddle on that, right? And and because I don't think doubling down on marketing is risky at all. I think no. that's strategic. No. I think you know holding your partners non accountable for um, things that they should be doing to get money for you is risky. We can have that whole thing. Let them do MDF dollars any way they want. I think that's kind of risky. So I mean there's I think there's just different levels.
1: Yeah, I I'm not sure I have an opinion. I, I like the idea of experimenting. And the nice thing with experiments or pilots is you can you can define them in terms of time, you can define them in terms of size, you can define them in terms of the beginning and middle and end. And then whether it worked or not, that postmortem is the most important thing. What did I learn through that exercise? I, I think what I would say is. Taking your risk profile is yours, but don't be impulsive. And maybe that's the word I would lean into, which is don't do something impulsive because you're scared or because you're worried about the business. I think time can work to our advantage. If you think about a change that you want to implement it right now to try some experimentation during a tough economic time, is it something that you would have eventually done in your business in two years' time? Or is that change that you're doing, is it something you think you would get redeeming value from in 18 months time? I think that level of risk is probably great. If it's something that you would have never done in the past and you would never do in the future, that's probably impulsive. And I think differentiating between sort of a risk profile and an impulsive profile, that might be a better way to think about it, or maybe that's the way I would
0: think about it. Well, for someone with no opinion or no take on that. That was actually pretty good. <laughs> I like that. I, I, I like that. I think that was laid up. I think it was laid up pretty pretty nicely. I think a lot of people are trying to figure out how to be opportunistic. Yeah. And I, I kind of like the way if you would have never have done this, no matter what, you know, maybe uh, that's, that's, that's impulsive, right?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think about myself at the mall, you know, when I'm shopping and I see something that's discounted 80% and then I realize, oh, that's a, automated boot warmer that i'm never going to use and i never would have bought and why in the world would i have that thing but it's a great deal that's pretty darn impulsive yeah um if it's a if it's a black zippy sweater which i wear all the time and it's discounted 20 percent, and i know i'm gonna buy black zippy sweaters in the future yeah do i grab five right now because it's a great deal and the cost per unit is lower sure yeah that makes a lot
0: of sense i think for me it would be don't rule out anything until you've examined it and then be willing to listen and be creative. And then you can shut down that impulsive. But sometimes even some of those impulsive ideas might lead to something that works or send you in a direction. I love it. That's, that's one of the things I'm seeing is, is people are really listening to brainstorming and good ideas come from anywhere.
1: Yeah, I, I love it. You just, I'm sorry to, to interrupt you. It, it's a phrase that I quite like. I don't know where I got it from, but decide when it's time to decide. What happens sometimes when you're doing brainstorming or getting creative is you shut down the ideas before they're fully formed. If you're not spending money or hiring someone or taking away from something that you're doing, you don't actually have to decide yet. Let the idea get fully formed and then decide. And I think that's true with a lot of things. I I coach a lot of people when they're um, looking for jobs. And uh, I'll have people sort of self-selecting themselves out of the process. Well, I'm not going to apply for that because if this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens, I'm not going to. I'm probably not going to want to do that job. And I'm like, well, you've not met them. You don't know if it's a good fit for you. You don't really understand what the opportunity is. You don't know what the comp model is. And they've not given you an offer. So why are you deciding? Go through the process. Learn more, be curious. And then when the offer is sitting there in front of you in black and white, Then you can decide that's the time to decide not before that
0: we talk about good things that come out of situations like this i think willingness to listen patience and openness to other ideas i don't know about you i find myself doing that even with with my team the other day we were having a debate once again we're having a debate over tiktok and Mm -hmm. what do we do with this and where the value what do we put it and i have people in their 20s i have people in their 40s -hmm. and i have people in their 50s and normally I think I would have kind of shut down a decision fairly quickly. It was a very interesting, long debate. And in the end, some voices came up at the end that maybe wouldn't have never even been there. And so we're trying to give a little more credence to, you know, where, where are those good ideas and be more open to that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it's um the the the, the greatest challenge in being fairly successful in, in our careers and especially in the channel businesses, which is quite complex, is um, we think that the way we got here is the way that everybody's gonna get here. And that is definitely not the case. Um, And I always use this example, I maybe use it on another podcast, but um, it's like mathematics. Um, You know, I tried to teach my five-year-old calculus and he couldn't figure it out. So who's the dummy, me or him? Now he's 13 years old, 15 years old, 16 years old. He's done mathematics, he's done pre-algebra, he's done algebra, he's done geometry, he's done algebra too calculus yeah that seems pretty reasonable right now yeah. so just because you tried it in the past or just because it's not the way that it worked for you that has nothing to do with the reality of today we never had a global pandemic before we never had economic headwinds like we have today the cloud has evolved in ways that we didn't imagine so whatever you tried five years ago is semi-irrelevant this is now and what can we try now? Now, will some of the things that we did then inform us for sure? Absolutely. Don't, don't go into it, you know, completely uninformed. But the reality of the situation that we're bracing today or facing today is different. And those same ideas that didn't work 10 years ago, maybe they're actually really good ideas. Maybe the market wasn't ready and maybe now it's time to do it.
0: I totally agree. Hey, why don't we wrap it up with some of the personal side of things? Because yeah. you and I have been talking about that in. And- from my perspective, how you are living your life outside of what you do has such an impact on what you do for your living today. And personally, I don't think it's ever been more important to have your stuff together on the other side.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think we learn this as we age, but I think especially during stressful times, Sometimes the holidays are stressful for people, but especially during stressful times, stressful economic times, the news is doom and gloom, a layoff here, another layoff here, economic reports. Again, I've seen some positive reports in the last couple of days. It's easy to feel like I just need to work harder and I need to do more. Focus on the asset. The asset is you, your family, the people around you, your employees, they're counting on you. And you can only be a good you best you when you're eating right, when you're exercising, importantly when you're sleeping well and that's the most important thing and so it's your job to actually stay healthy and it's your job to be well rested. There's a reason when you get on the airplane and they say during the safety check put your mask on first. It's because you need to be okay so you can go help someone else Someone responded to a comment in one of my LinkedIn posts the other day saying that you can't pour from an empty cup. Your cup has to be full. I loved that because if your cup isn't full, you can't, you can't help the other person. And I think that's really important. And I, I feel like in our go-go, A-type personality culture, we tend to think, well, I'm gonna outwork my way through this. I'm gonna out IQ my way through this. But just remember that we're humans and we need to manage our energy. And if we're in the right place, mentally, physically, um, from a sleep perspective, then we can give our best to help the people that we want to help in our lives, both professionally and personally.
0: I think that's a nice tie back around. It wraps it in a nice holiday bow. Whatever your holiday aspirations are, it all comes down to humanity. In the end, the the more human we are, I think the better we're going to be. So once again, Mark Monday, thank you for coming and sharing all this, sharing your humanity much appreciated. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much. I, again, I, I think I would just leave everybody with a message of, Hey, you're not alone. We're we're all in this together. We're all learning. Um, give yourself some grace. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to have hiccups. It's okay to try something, um, especially now and, and fail, just learn from that feeling. And, um, as a collective, I think we all have this and just stay focused on your people, your customer and show up as your best you and we'll weather this storm for sure. And again, chaos breeds opportunity, fortune favors the brave.
0: Uh, Last, last piece. Um, what's the best way for people to get connected with you? Um, I'm
1: on LinkedIn quite a bit. I think that's probably the best way to do it. Um, I think, uh, yeah, for sure. LinkedIn is, is kind of the home that I, I spend most of my, um, professional social time in.
0: Okay. Once again, thank you for joining us listeners and viewers. Thank you for joining us. Stephen, thank you so
1: much, buddy. Have a great holiday. Take Virtual care of hug. yourself. Virtual hug, buddy. Virtual hug. Bro, group hug, <laughs> fist bump, bro hug. Thank okay. you so much. I really appreciate you. I appreciate um your mission and thank you for inviting me to attend. All
0: right, be good. Be good Thanks, everybody.
1: buddy. All right, ciao.